Hey guys, what's going on? It's Josh, JC Alfelto for The Writer's Lens. And I'm doing a bonus episode this week because an article popped up on my social media uh, this, these, the, well, this past week, actually, and I just couldn't ignore it. I, I had to do some sort of response to it because I had, an, I had all these thoughts on what I was reading, and a lot of the thoughts were, were very negative. And I, I don't want to say negative as in just horrible and horrific and things like that, but just some thoughts came to mind. And the article in question that I'm going to be talking about is this concept that Netflix is going to be introducing to its viewers, where if a show is doing well or if it's popular, Netflix owns it. Let's let's say it's a show like Stranger Things that Netflix produced. They're literally going to ask their users to either submit what they think the ending of the season or the show should be, or perhaps ask in some sort of multiple choice fashion, what do you think the ending of the show ought to be? And then leave it up to their audience to to basically vote on it and to give their input on how to end a show. Now, there's a lot of specifics that need to be hammered out in this before Netflix really truly unveils their master plan. But to me, my first reaction when hearing that was one of confusion and one of just utterly going, why? Like, why are we moving in this direction? And like I said, I had some very negative thoughts about it. And I don't want to be the killjoy necessarily about this idea. I know some people probably read that and went, ooh, this is cool. This is great. I get to, I get to kind of have the power of the pen finally with, with my favorite shows. This is, this is like a dream come true. And let's be honest, this is, this is all an outcry towards the, the interactive mediums that we've been utilizing now for almost 20, 30 years, where we're continuing to try and enhance the personal individual experience of entertainment by giving more and more power over to the viewer or to the audience or to whoever is being you know, asked to be entertained. So I understand the vein of all this, what, you know, what, the, what really Netflix is trying to accomplish. In fact, I think the article even calls out that it's a move towards competing with like the video game industry, where video games have evolved into a space where you can literally walk through an interactive film. Uh, I mean, I, had, I think I'd mentioned it on another podcast uh, recently this year, even in 2018, uh, uh, a game came out called God of War. And it was the fourth installment in the series, and it's literally like playing a movie. I mean, I've never played the game, but I've I've watched enough YouTube videos of it and people's reactions to it. I mean, the game has been lauded by critics. I mean, it's just as being one of the the best games made in years. And I was like, oh, I got to check this out. I'm I'm watching video of it. I'm seeing cutscenes of it. I mean, it's literally like watching a Hollywood film play out. Only you get to control the character. So, someone at Netflix gets the bright idea. Hey. Let's expand this concept to our shows, right? Like we're not actually going to give anyone a controller, like we're not there yet, but we are going to give them the ability to dictate what's going on in our in our shows. And again, to some of you, this this might split you right down the middle. Some of you might be excited about this. Maybe you were really upset about the season finale of Friends. Uh, in season six or season seven uh, back in the day, or maybe you were upset about what happened in Firefly or Doctor Who or perhaps Supergirl or for me personally, the ending of Chuck was a little bit dissatisfying, but I'll get into that later, why that's important. 
because I have I have three talking points for this episode that I, I want to get into about this whole idea of letting the audience dictate the end of a, of a story. And the very first one, so let's so let's just dive right into it because I, I don't want to delay this anymore because this is supposed to be a bonus episode and I don't want to drone on and on with this episode. So the first thing is, my first concern, I guess you could say, for this concept is, I think it's obvious, but maybe it's not, is that it, it puts constraints on otherwise creative people by letting the mob rule the endings, right? I mean, uh, the, the fact that Netflix is willing to let people, common viewers, who are really just doing it to kind of zone out and... Uh, just kind of set their minds off after a day of work or maybe they're bored in the middle of the night and they just want to binge watch something. I mean, this idea of having interactive play with people who are watching your shows, again, sounds hypothetically great, but what's one of the main focuses of doing film or doing art or writing a book? It's that there's an expression that the artist and the writer and the developer is given free reign and an open horizon to create. I mean, that's the whole point of it. That's the whole point of artistic expression. So if you're going to take that away from them and give it over to the people that they're trying to inspire perhaps or perhaps influence in some way or or have a theme or a message that they're trying to convey, it totally eliminates the inspiration of the of the one creating it by putting them into a box and saying, look, the only way that you're going to be able to make anything is if the mob says so. If the if the group out there says it's okay, we're going to move forward with it. Now, I know I don't want to sound like a doomsday prepper and, and say that, you know, this is all Orwellian, like controlling people's thoughts and things like that. But But honestly, though, I mean, if every show took on this idea, if every book took on this idea where the audience gets to have final say... I mean, it creates so much constriction on the creative person that they're never going to be able to fully express what maybe their thoughts are or their beliefs or their worldviews or their just just the expression of themselves is going to become so difficult because now there's this like groupthink concept going on where, again, like I said, the mob will get to dictate what happens. So eliminate the logistics of this, you know, just just talking about the logistics of how difficult this could be for writers and for actors or whoever's going to be involved in this project. Just right out of the gate, that's my first response is the the constraint it's going to put on on creativity. And I and I just think that's so wrong. I just I and I and it's not good for the viewer, it's not good for the person who's actually developing the art. It's just bad. Uh, because like I said in the, in the beginning of this, uh, in this first point, people usually zone in on shows to turn their brains off. They don't want to be interactive with a movie in a, in a way. They just want to kind of sit there and enjoy the story or be entertained. I mean, that's the whole point. Having to think about what they're going to, to see in the end may sound like a great idea, but if they want to do that, they have video games. If they want to do that, they have books or they have, they can write their own books. So this is a, this is kind of a fuzzy space to to be operating in. Uh, so I, I'm not too keen on the idea of it, and that's my my first reason is because of all the creative constraints. My second reason uh, for concern in this whole Netflix announcement is it destroys the romance of our hearts. And you know it might sound overly poetic in some sense, but but just track with me on this. When I sit down and read a book, 
One of the great joys of reading a good book is that the book brings you into the story and you become encapsulated with the characters. You begin to care about the characters and you're, you're journeying along with them to some end that one of the fun things to do is to think of, of what you think the ending is going to be like, right? Like you can kind of see clues or you can kind of draw from experience where you think things are going to go. But then one of the great things about really good writers is that even if they do take you to a familiar place, they do it in a new way that really invigorates your imagination. Or the author does something completely different and throws you for a loop, and now the surprise element of it is exciting, and it's fun, and it makes you wonder if there's going to be another chapter. Is there going to be another book? Is there going to be another story that that sort of builds off of this, this world or this concept that the author has brought you into? I mean, that's one of the reasons why trilogies have become so popular. It's the reason why a lot of self-published authors do multiple books now because they're trying to create traction with their audiences uh, so that people keep coming back to their work. I mean, it's it's a great tactic. It's a great way to be therapeutic with your writing, to, to develop multiple volumes of different works. But it's also just part of the journey. It's part of the romance, right? I mean, my wife and I, we have two little ones that are uh, three and, and, and under, okay? So so romancing each other is a difficult task. But as much as I enjoy the predictability of, of being with my wife, there's another part of it that wants me to romance her to surprise her. You know, we're on this journey together, but we're not just on a predictable journey, okay? We're, we're trying to to create an adventure together. And the only way we can do that is through an unpredictable kind of romancing of one another. And that's how a book romances you. That's how a film romances you. That's how storytelling romances you. It, it isn't this, this process of, of I have to kind of dictate what's going on, and, I, and I'll get to that in a second, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But if you're tracking with me on this, there's a romantic element of the human experience that I think gets, gets cheapened when we decide that we're going to let the mob rule the the dictation of creative expression. And I know that was a lot of probably 50 cent words in there, but but if you just go back and think about that and just meditate on it, aren't our hearts designed for adventure? I mean, man or woman, e either or. I mean, there's different things that we adventure uh, go on an adventure for. but But there is this romantic element of life that we like the unpredictable. You know, we like the fact that we can be wooed by another person, that something could happen to us that we weren't expecting. And great stories do this to us. They, they inspire our hearts. They bring out this part of us that, that goes, wow, I did not see that coming. I didn't, I, I didn't know that was going to happen. And you know what? I'm okay with that. That was exciting. I mean, I brought up the, the TV show Chuck earlier. It was one of, one of my favorite late-night shows on, on NBC years ago. It, it lasted five seasons. Just barely, though. I mean, it had a real cult following while it was out, and I just I love the story. It was about a uh, it was about a guy who worked at a at a Best Buy knockoff. I think it was called the Buy More, and he was a he was part of the Nerd Herd, which is a play off the Geek Squad. And he ends up becoming an uh, an undercover operative for the CIA and the NSA, and falls in love with this beautiful uh, CIA agent. And the whole story is just it's just a great romance of this guy trying to impress this girl and. It's it's just a really well told story, and the ending ended up being something that was very ambiguous. And I remember having such mixed feelings about the end of that story uh, between him and the and the agent that he fell in love with. 
but in the end, I just felt more at peace with the fact that this was the artist's expression and in their right to take the story to where they wanted it to go. I mean, they didn't have to appease me. They had no, you know, there was no right of mine to impose upon them that they should have to to romance my heart with the story. They'd already won me over with the story as, as, it, as it was. So their journey, their expression of it, their theme, you know, their ending that they wanted to come to, that's up to them, right? That's up to them. And, and then to deal with the consequences of it, which was me going, my gosh, man, come on, they should have just been together, which is, you know, if you wanted a spoiler alert for the show, Chuck, there it is. But, uh, but anyway, that's my second point is this romance that we're in, this adventure that we're on, you know, there's, and, and being the social creatures that we are, everything that we tell is in story format. You know, how did you get to work in the morning? You still tell it like a story. And people don't know how it's going to end. You know, the other person doesn't know how to end. They have to kind of track with you until you get to the end of it. So so that's that's my second point. So, so first and foremost, puts constraints on creativity. And secondly, kills the romance of our, of our journey of life. Okay? So here's my third point. And you might be like, what else could there possibly be, Josh, that, you, that you're trying to kill my joy about this idea of interactive media uh, with, on Netflix films or Netflix shows? Well, here's, here's the deal. This concept of being able to vote and dictate and choose how we want our stories to end is just another element of the age of our time, which a lot of people used to say this is the age of, of comfort. You know, like this is, this is the age of, of wanting to be comfortable all the time because we have so many resources, we, uh, especially here in the West where we have so many resources, we have so many comforts that that many people take advantage of, myself included, not realizing it half the time, um, but having to be drawn into self-awareness of such. But truly, this is an age of convenience and control, right? I mean, come on, you can order a pizza from your phone now. Okay, you can order groceries from your phone. Uh, there are apps for all kinds of different things, tracking your 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 walking or your steps that you take in a day that can immediately be downloaded to your company uh, tracking system so that you can get quote unquote wellness points, right? Uh, I've known people to, to strap these things to their dogs and cats and have them run around the yard for a while, uh, you know, because because no one would ever game any system, right? <laughs> and I, I don't have a dog or a cat for the uh, for for the record, so I'm clean there. But but uh, but this is truly an, an age of convenience and. To go along with convenience, we want to be able to control things. I mean, this is part of part of just mankind's kind of double-edged sword nature is that, you know, we, we have the ability to manipulate so many things in life and control so many different things. And so there's a part of us that wants to control all these different aspects of our life, our daily lives, what we do, uh, so that we can have predictable outcomes. So there's no surprises, which is so counterintuitive to what our hearts want. We want surprises every now and again. We want things to be broken up. We want spontaneity, right? We want that great romance. And this this really bleeds into my, my second point because since we want to be in control of everything, why should we be in control of other people's art? Why should we be in control of other people's expressions? Why should we now start to dictate other people's experiences on a very personal level? I mean... A uh, good example of this is years ago when I just got into college, when I was about 19 or 20, the show Friends was, I think, coming to a close. It had been on for like 10 or 12 seasons or something like that. And I, I, I remember vividly people would have Friends watch parties, 
Like they would get together and watch the season finales of, uh, of, of Friends just to see, you know, would Ross be with Rachel? Was Chandler finally going to be with somebody? Was Joey at last not going to be, you know, dumb anymore? Just all kinds of things like that. And part of the excitement was that nobody knew what was going to happen, right? Like you could kind of guess, I think, because they were all a bunch of, you know, dummies in, in that show and they were just complete imbeciles when it came to their love lives. But that was part of the draw of the show. But but there was this idea that no one could control the outcome. Nobody knew. And so it was fun to kind of get together and see what would happen. I mean, the same thing happens in sports all the time. I mean, you get together with friends and you you watch the game. Nobody knows how it's going to end. So there's this, there's this suspense that happens throughout. And there's this experience that happens throughout because you don't know where it's going. <clears throat> and granted, sports aren't exactly, say, an art form. I mean, you could make an argument for that that, that they are. But... Point being is, is that when it comes to art, it's an extremely personal thing, okay? I mean, my writing, I've, I've talked about this many times in, in my other podcasts, is that writing is such a personal expression. I mean, I think it was, uh, I think it was maybe Hemingway who said this, uh, and I'm not going to edit this, this episode, so I apologize if I'm incorrect in this, but said that the best way to write is to sit at a typewriter and bleed, was, was, his, uh, was his phrase. And that metaphor there is so true of the writer is that your thoughts, your inner beliefs, your inner convictions suddenly find themselves on paper and everyone has the opportunity to critique them. And that's part of the, the good thing about it. And it's also the extremely scary thing about it is that you open yourself up to critique. You open yourself up to being vulnerable in your thoughts, in your beliefs, uh, like I said, uh, even your morals. And, and how you might view the world from a good and evil, right and wrong perspective. So all of these things coming together wants to help us control our outcomes even more so than what we already do. And I think it's going to kill the spirit of adventure that we're supposed to have. I mean, with all the technology we have around us, I fear that the spirit of the age is just all about convenience. And even love must be convenient. I mean, you know, the, the, the Tinder dating. I mean, my wife and I met on Match.com. But but that was also, I, I guess there's no way of hiding that. I mean, but, but, uh, but the point is that the ability to make something convenient that is usually or typically hard fought for cheapens it, cheapens the reality of it, and also shallows our understanding of it. You know, it, it, it makes it so, so much more shallow in terms of what we know about that experience. I mean, we have to read about love in order to get a better understanding of what it is, but then we also have to experience it. And if everything's convenient, if we can control everything, it, it's not as fun. It's not as exciting. It's, it's not as fulfilling for our lives if everything is convenient for us. So, so that's, really my concern. And I know this was this is a, a bit of a deep dive on a very simple article and a, and a probably a mundane announcement as far as anybody else is concerned. But me, I mean, come on, this podcast is about writing. It's about creative expression. It's about viewing the world through the epic that is your life and the lives of others and the stories that we tell through these these narratives. And when I see something like that, immediately the red flags start to fly where I just go, this is this is not a good idea, okay? This is not actually a good idea. And it's not that I sit here and pray that it tanks, but, but to me, I feel like getting traction with that sort of thing is gonna further sort of devolve and devalue 
the nature of creativity as a whole and the ability for people to express themselves, the ability to tell stories, uh, to share stories, the romances that we're, that we're after in our lives, and, and ultimately to feed the spirit of convenience, to feed the spirit of control uh, that we that we long for uh, so much in each of us, in, in every single one of us. So, so those are my thoughts on this Netflix announcement. You may choose to disagree or agree with them as, as at your leisure. Uh, and this is the part of the podcast where I will always say, like, share, subscribe, comment, let me know what you think, especially on this kind of a rant that I just went on this evening about Netflix and their big announcement. So, so let me know what you think, guys. Uh, appreciate it as always. Stay tuned next week for the second half of my interview with Brian Del Turco, who is, uh, there's just so many things this guy does uh, creatively. So you'll just have to listen to the episode to, to get the full full lowdown on this guy who's just, just totally killing it, man. He's doing so many things. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we'll be back then next week. Until then, guys, uh, have, a, have a great and uh, safe weekend. This is Josh J.C. Alfalto for the Writer's Lens. And I'll catch up with you again soon.